This is episode 99 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. Joining me via Skype today, I am so excited. It's Professor Paul Mitchell. Uh, you are the coordinator of recruitment and, and retention at University of Nevada, Reno, my alma mater. Yes. Hi. Yes, I am. <laughs> How are you? I am so excited for this interview today. I don't know what took me so long to get you on this podcast. It took a pandemic, honestly, um, <laughs> because we're doing all of these via Skype. And so, you know, there, it's, it's limitless. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be on here, man. Just to, just to, to see you and, and to converse with you. It's, it's, this is pretty cool. It's super cool. I just got off the phone with my mom probably 20 minutes ago, and I told her who I was interviewing today. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's doing great. She's yeah, in South Carolina. Yeah. She said, okay. oh, my gosh, tell him I said hello and tell him <laughs> thank you for keeping you on track. <laughs> well, please tell her I said hello, and we're both very proud of you. I, aw, I will. I will. So, Let's, before I get into, I always like to start these conversations with where are you from originally, but before then, we have to tell, obviously, you know, we met because of UNR, but we met before I even attended that school. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'll, so I'll start where I'm from. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I was working, I worked in the newspaper business and I went from the newspaper business uh, to academia, went to the University of Missouri. Uh, and the reason I went was because <laughs> they were paying for my education mm. and, uh, and it was free and, um, and I could teach. And so that's how I got started. Uh, I met a professor there who became the dean. He was leaving to become the dean at the University of Nevada, uh, Reno Journalism Department. And, uh, he asked me to join him and that's how I ended up in Reno, Nevada. Yeah. Um, and so when, when, uh, so he asked me, he wanted me to do recruitment and he wanted me to teach. And, and so I remember, you know, going to Las Vegas and meeting you <laughs> and I'm looking and I'm thinking, wow, this, okay, this kid's pretty dynamic. And then you came for your campus visit mm -hmm. and I'll never forget this. <laughs> When we walked into, I took you all around the building. There was a group of you, and I took you guys all around the building. And then when we got to that studio, it was it was it was on like hot buttered popcorn. <laughs> you got in there, you got in there, and you just started sashaying across. I said, "Go sit at the stage. Go sit on the set." And you you were the only one. You were the only one who walked over and sat at that anchor desk and you started talking and I looked and I said, that kid's got it. She's got it. I want that kid here at this institution because she's got it. Whew. And uh, thankfully you came, you attended the university and look at you now. Hmm. I mean, it's just been something that progress and, uh, you know, it was crazy because I also remember us going uh, at your graduation party <laughs> yep. and, and breaking bread. And uh, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at you and your mom and your family's there, everybody's sitting there. And it was it was just a beautiful thing. 
And then, I don't know if you remember this, years later, I'm at work, and someone says, the office secretary says, yeah, uh, Paul, there's somebody here to see you. And I'm like, okay, I don't have an appointment. And I look out, and it's you and Chuck, and I'm like, shut the front door. Are you (laughs) kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? That was the best. Yeah. That was the best to see to see you guys come down. And 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 that was the first time I'd met Chuck and it was just like, wow, man, this yeah. is just, this is really happening. You just got me super choked up. I don't think that's ever happened in this oh, uh, my God. podcast. It would the only thing that would have made it better if you would have brought handsome Samson. That would have been the that would have been the icing mm-hmm. on the cake, man. I hear Handsome Samson, that would have been the icing on the cake, man. Um, let's go back to you being a kid in Philly. What was it like growing up in, in Philly? You know, Philadelphia's a very <laughs> Philadelphia's a very different place than uh than being out here on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, I mean uh Philadelphia's the fourth largest city, well now the fifth largest city in the country and and um you know, it was just um at that time, when I was growing up there, 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 there was a lot going on in Philadelphia, and um, you know, I, I always tell people I love being from Philadelphia. That's that that will always be home. Um, but the West is more conducive to to, to my lifestyle. Um, I don't regret anything that happened in Philadelphia. Uh, it's just that out here feels a lot more comfortable to me. Sure. Did you grow up with siblings? Yes, one brother and one sister. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they're both back in the Philadelphia um, area. And so, yeah. what was Paul Mitchell like in high school? What was Paul Mitchell like in high school? Um, I was, uh, I was, you know, I played sports. Um, I was, uh, it, it was the combination of, sports nerd and academic nerd um you know not a lot of people were really pulling that off you're either in one camp or the other camp and i kind of crossed over a lot of different camps you know um quite honestly in high school uh so you know i was born and raised in in philadelphia but then my parents moved us out to a suburb that was like 20 minutes from the city and then we moved out to a suburb that was about 45 minutes from the city. And we had three acre lot out there. And so my, my uh, childhood was very different from other, other kids. You know, um, I saw city life, I mm-hmm. saw suburban life, I saw deep suburban life. And so all of those um, really influenced who I am today and what I'm, what I'm about. Sure. Because the burbs are way different than the city. No question. No question. And then when you go to the deep burbs, you know, when you're out there in the deep burbs, that's, that's a, that's a whole nother level right there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just three very different and very distinct, uh, ways of, of living. And I think that, um, they were definitely beneficial to me. Did you know you always wanted to go into journalism? I knew that I, so I, I, I played sports and because of the connection to sports, I looked at it like if I can't actually be a professional athlete 
what would be the best, the next best thing to do? And that was to write about sports. And so, um, so that's what I did. I, uh, that's, that's really what got me into the, in the profession. I met, so I met this professor years ago, uh, when I was at, uh, when I was an undergrad at the university of Pittsburgh and I took a course with him and, and, um, I really enjoyed the course. And one day he came up, he was handing back papers and he said, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk to you at the class. And I'm looking at him and thinking, Oh crap, I forgot to turn in that one paper. And so I went up to him after class. I said, yeah, you know, I know that you, uh, you probably want to talk to me about that that paper. Then uh, he said, "What what paper are you talking about?" I'm like, "Okay, that's not what he wanted to talk to me about." And he said, "No." He said, "I you know the reason why I want to talk to you is I think you have talent, and um, I just would like to take you under my wing and and really develop that 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 talent." Wow. What's crazy? What's crazy is, uh, you know, it's like. Tw- 10, 15 years later, and I'm at the University of Missouri, and there was this one student I had who was from Pittsburgh. And I said, I want you to look this guy up when you go back home and tell him that I told you to contact him. And he did the same thing for her. I mean, it was the craziest thing, to, you know, for that to happen, but it was, it, it was, it was a beautiful thing. You know, I always... And you know, you know how I how I roll. I mean, I believe that positive energy begets positive energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's that's really that's really what I'm about. Man, how many times have I heard that from you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> a lot. Um, and sometimes that's all it takes, right? Is that one professor yeah. that you really either look up to slash are afraid of <laughs> for them to say <laughs> for them to say, hey, you've got something here. Let's let's work with it. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and you know, because of our relationship, I mean, you worked in our you worked in our office. Mm-hmm. You know, you worked in our office, you were answering phones and and you know, you know, I'm looking at that also as part of your development. It was the way you answered the phone. It was the way you spoke to people. It was the way that you connected with people that I knew was going to translate into, into what you were very passionate about. And so, you know, when you see that passion, when you see that activity, when you see that kind of stick to it, it just, it, it just translates to what you are now mm-hmm. and what you're doing now. I mean, I, you know, I'm a golf, you know, I'm just going to be real here, Trish. You know, if you had wanted to, you could have gone major net network. I really believe that. But you found a place that was comfortable for you, that was home for you, and you found a wonderful guy. He's the he is that's my dude. I love that dude. And so it's like, you know, why would you leave yeah. a community you know, what what be what, do you want more money? What 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 do you want? You want you want a bigger house? What do, what do you want? You know, would you want to just go to work, know everybody in the community, have everybody know you, and then you can go home and have a glass of wine and cook a great dinner with you. <laughs> oh, man, you I do mean, know me. <laughs> oh, man. 
I mean, you know, that's there's nothing better than that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you brought that up. We had an editor who worked in L.A. a long time ago, and he moved up here, and he just wanted to edit video. He could do so much more, but he just wanted to lay low for a bit um, after working mm -hmm. in the L.A. market for so long. And yeah. he and I were talking about, you know, moving on to bigger markets. And he was like, Trish, don't do it. Don't do it. He said, yeah. you can make a bigger impact here in Southern Oregon than you can in a bigger market. And that has always stuck with me. Uh-oh, you're frozen. Oh, there you are. So it just froze. Yeah. 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 So that has always stuck with me as far as making that impact, right, and connecting with those people. Yeah. You can do that in a smaller market like this. I mean, when I were, you know, my dream was to go to New York, work for the New York Times. That happened. And, you know, I always tell people, be careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes you can get caught up in that meat grinder. And and New York is this is, you know, it's the city that never sleeps. And it's that's because it's constantly grinding you up. Um, and so, you know, I would leave. I, re I remember leaving New York. At like one or two o'clock in the morning, and uh, and and you know, it, it would be like at least ten to fifteen degrees hotter in the city because I lived in in New Jersey. So I'm going back across the bridge in New Jersey, and you could feel the heat lessening. <laughs> you know, there's so much concrete in the city, and I lived on the beach, and I'm thinking. There's no way in hell I'm leaving the beach to go live in New York City. What, no that, way. That's just God, that's just kind of stupid. Yeah, stupid. And so, you know, so and and you know, and it was also like halfway between where I live was halfway between Philadelphia and New York, so I could run home if I needed to, or you know, I could I could run up to work. But it was like you know, you you deal with all of that, but you're also dealing with all that that encompasses mm -hmm. food is more transportation is more you know i mean I'm, I'm i'm i remember paying tolls you know what people would pay for like a decent meal i'm paying in tolls right <laughs> you how know long, uh how long were you with the times i was there briefly because the job came up with the with the with with uh, the university of missouri right uh it was only a couple of months and you know when the thing came up with missouri it was like, well, I got to go, you know, because at that, that, that point in my life is like, I don't know when I'll get another opportunity to go get a master's degree. Right. And were you just going to school at the University of Missouri or were you also doing teaching stuff too? I was teaching. That was part of the gig. Okay. Um, I, I was, I, I had, um, I had, um, uh, there was a friend of mine who I worked with at the National Sports Daily, which was the first uh, daily sports newspaper ever. Um, and, uh, we all kept in contact after the national folded. And he said, you know, there's this opportunity, you know, you might want to look at it. And I looked at it. Um, and a couple years prior to that, I had gone through a program through the university of Arizona, which allowed me to start my master's degree. And that's why it was like, I, I probably need to do this now because it will give me an opportunity to complete the master's degree. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when we get in, as, as you know, when you get into this business, 
Um, you get into the news business, your life is the news business. You know, that's really what you're trying. You're, you, you're focusing every all of your energy is focused on the news business. It's focused on getting the story. It's focused on um, getting better. It's focused on advancement. And so you you kind of lose sight of, well, education. Yeah, that doesn't really mean anything. You, you know, you're you're trying to get that next story. Yeah. Well, after I when I was I was in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and I got into this program that sent me to Tucson, Arizona, for two months, and I was just immersed in, you know, in work, and uh, you know, I, and there was a portion of this program where it allowed you. To, like I said, to start your master's degree, whatever, well, like there were t- about 15, 20 of us in the program and only about five or six of us took advantage of the opportunity to get to start on your master's degree. So my friends are going to Sedona and down in New Mexico and I'm stuck working on my, you know, some, some project that I had to do. But I tell you, that was the best thing to happen to me because that you know, allow me to pursue this University of uh, Missouri deal. And so that's why I decided to go on and, and complete the master's degree. So did you fall in love with teaching? Was there something about teaching that you just really enjoyed? Yeah, you know, when I, the craziest thing is when I got to Mizzou, I had never taught before in my life. I had never taught anything. And to be honest, the prospect of teaching was not really thrilling to me because... Uh-huh. My parents were teachers. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to be like your parents. Right. You know how that. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, I go to Mizzou and um, it it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people, a lot of my former students was crazy. I mean, so, you know, I have one former student who's like, he's the lead person on uh any any what does he say he's like he's like uh the grim reaper uh, at espn when people see him at something they're like oh crap we're going you know this is not going to end up well and so he's on the investigative team at espn nice you know he's the lead he's the lead dude on so he's one of my former students i mean all of my former students um at mizzou have been successful and and we all stay in contact i went to visit them you know there was just this connection that i had and that i still have with those kids um you know to this to this very day and then that translated to to uh when i when i came to the university of nevada you know obviously you but there are several there are so many other students who, you know, former students who I see now and I just I just go, wow, you know, and the, and to have a hand in that is something that that is really huge to me. What are some of those success stories from whether it was from Missouri or Reno? What are some of those success stories, those students that have passed through those J schools that you yeah. see now that are just doing it? Well, like I said, you know, T.J. Quinn is uh, the investigative lead for at ESPN. Uh, what's crazy is now, you know, I'm old enough that, you know, I'm looking at his kid. His kids have gone through Mizzou, and they're both, they both are doing journalism, which is kind of crazy. Oh man! You know, 
but I remember TJ when uh, you know he he comes he can't there was a boxing match in Reno, and he contacts me. He stays at my house. I fix him French toast for breakfast. <laughs> he still talks about that. You know, I mean, it was like so. It was it was that that kind of connection. Um, and uh, there was one other person I remember. So when I went to Mizzou, I got a call from a friend of mine who worked at this. He was the editor of the Sporting News, and um, he said, you know, he, I was thinking about taking the job, and he said, Paul, if you take that job. Um, you know, as a Mizzou alum, I promised to come back and start an internship program. And I'm like, are you serious? He goes, I'm dead serious. And sure enough, he comes and he starts the program. And, uh, there were several, the, the first, the first year that he did that, um, was my second year. It was, you know, it was my first year there. He said, uh, so who, who, who do you have? I said, I, I showed him these, the names of the kids and he goes, is there somebody on here who you think is really the, you know, I said, yeah, there's somebody I think who stands out above everybody else. And he said, well, who is that? I said, well, I'm not going to tell you. Let's, let's see what you think. You know, you're going to be the boss. So let's see what you think. <sighs> so at the end of all the interviews, he came back to me and he said, you know, there were some there's some really talented kids, uh, but there was one who stood out and um, it was Laura. And I said, that's it. She's the best. She is without question the best kid. And he took her and he and he and so she interned with him. She ended up writing several books uh, for the um, what was it? She was working with the with the uh oh she wrote a cook she wrote a cookbook that's what it was she wrote a cookbook and got the top recipes from every player and and, and for every nfl franchise uh around the country so you know she, to, to watch that i've seen kids leave the profession and go into advertising and pr you know that happens a lot mm -hmm. and so you know a lot of kids are pr professionals advertising professionals uh, Dave Nakamura is the lead person for the Washington Post who covers uh, the White House to this day. So, I mean, it's, you know, when I see that and then, you know, coming to Missouri, coming to uh, Nevada, I mean, <laughs> it's just been, you know, I, I know right now one, one of my, one of uh, another former top student, um, I heard from her, this was right before the pandemic hit. Um, and she is the, she is the, um, youngest executive at Netflix. Dang. She's like 20. She is like, she's like 20, 25. Wow. 20, 20. I mean, when I look at her, it's so crazy when I look at her. I see you. I mean, it's just like, okay, she she was she was like, I'm going for this. I'm getting this. I'm just take. I'm going in. I'm just taking names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to watch this young lady, I mean, the, the I, what's the, the 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 one that won the Oscar, the the foreign film with the four. It was like four women. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Name, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay, she she wrote all of the the advertising, the promo. She did all, you know. She publicized that movie, and that's really what got her, you know, elevated into this other position because of the work with right. that. Right. Well, you know, I, there's all these success stories. I could, you know, I could be here for hours. I right? know. I was just thinking that there's so many, there's so many successful people, different levels of success. I would say too, with these, with yes, these students definitely. who've come through the J school. Um, yeah. I remember you specifically, there's, there's probably two or three professors from this J school that had such a huge impact on me that even what, 20 years later, I'm still saying things that you guys said to me in class to the new reporters mm -hmm. that get into my newsroom. So right, right, right. to me, that's impact. And I remember you, the first day of news writing, you threw, I believe it was a hard boiled egg on the table. You said, yep. you said, what is news? And you threw an egg on the table. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then we mm -hmm. had a discussion and then you threw a raw egg on the table and it went everywhere. Yeah. And you said news is all around you. Yes. I mean, it, it's, you know, sometimes you could look at, you can look at something and everybody will see the same thing. But then when you actually open it up, you see that it's different. And that was that was what I was trying to get you guys to see. Sometimes it's soft boiled, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, hard boiled, sometimes it's scrambled, you know. I mean, and 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 it just, you know, it's advertising, it's public relations, it's 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 all of that. It's all of that. How how has journalism, you know, even in the last let's say twenty years, how has that <laughs> changed? our industry mm -hmm. and how ha really has it remained the same? I'm sure there's still elements that are exactly the same, but how has it changed for us as journalists? Well, you know, I, I remember when you were in school, you know, there were, there were, there was this thing called the, the newspaper. Um, and most people don't know about it, but it was something where you actually physically picked up this paper. Got your this, fingers this, dirty. This paper. And then you turn, you, there were pages and you actually turn the pages, you know, and, and so that has, that has since gone away. And, 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 and as a, as a former newspaper uh, person, I can say this, the newspaper business is a dead business and the newspaper business is a dead business because it brought it on itself. It just, instead of reinvesting they gave out dividend checks each month to to all their investors and they never reinvested in the product the news cycle when you were in school you know the news you know it was like okay that was kind of really kind of the advent of you know segmented news like um bet espn uh, all the Spanish stations that that are you know that that wasn't around that a lot of that wasn't around when you when you were in school, so you know to to, to watch the evolution of 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 news, um, and now uh, from a sports standpoint, you know you don't have to have a, a a beat writer 
for a, a team now because the teams have brought that stuff in-house for themselves. They announce who's injured. They announce, you know, they had their, they had their own video staff. They had their own writing staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, they, they have their own, uh, social media staff, right? You know, I mean, it, there was no social media around when you were in school. It's nope. just, so to watch all of this happen, you know, and to watch the kinds of jobs, you know, all of it is still news. It's just that it has shifted. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, from when you were in school to when to, to now, you know, I'm looking at Shelby and some of the things that Shelby, Shelby can do, you know, and, and Shelby learned in school. Well, you, you weren't doing that when you were Mm-mm. in school. So, you know, it's kind of, it's just kind of repackaged, rebranded. Um, and that, that to me, those, those changes I think are, in, are the things that I've noticed, you know, I, I also look at it like when I'm teaching, you know, I remember I would, I would, I don't know if I did this with you, but I did something with about JFK, you know, and, and, and I took the kids through that actual day because many of them hadn't, they knew about it, but they hadn't really experienced that. Right. And so I took them through that day and they had to research and, and then, you know, <laughs> there was a point where it was like, okay, these kids have no clue who JFK is, you know? So it was like, I have to shift who, um, who the focus is, mm-hmm. you know, who we're going to write about and what we're going to write about. And that usually happens every seven to 10 years is what's I, what I've learned after doing, doing this. You know, you have to you have to flip it because their kids are like, uh, who I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that person is. Right. And you're thinking, really? But yeah, yeah, really. They don't know. Yeah. I've also found, too, that um, even just some of the old school journalists that I've talked to here um, at the local paper, that it seems like anyone can be a journalist these days. They can look something up on their Mm -hmm. phone and share an article on Facebook and boom, they're, they're sharing news. And we yeah. as consumers of news have had to be more careful in what we're looking at. And I mean, I learned that, I learned that in J school for sure. When you have a source, you can't just right. rely on that one source. You have to go and check it out between two or three other sources to make sure it's legit. Right. Well, you know, one thing that my former boss and mentor, Frank DeFord, uh, he always shared this one. He said, um, you know, and he got this from there was somebody in Chicago and they said, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. <laughs> you know, so you're all you're always just trying to verify some, you know, some bit of information, some piece, some piece of information, because you can get burned on that. Mm-hmm. We had that happen with some uh, there were some students. Uh, this year who got, they got burned on something with the, with the sagebrush and, um, you know, it, it ended up, it ended up, you know, poorly for them because they didn't do the due diligence. They didn't check through stuff, but they learned, they learned through that process and they, and it, you know, hopefully it won't happen again with them. Well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, Mm -hmm. just working, being an actual journalist in a, at a news station. I remember traveling an hour and a half to cover a wildfire and I forgot my tripod. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my. 
straight up forgot my tripod. Do you think that has ever oh, happened wow. to me again? Nope. Oh, no. It only happens no. once, and it does not happen again to you. That's, that's right. You only need one time. And I go back to uh, Travis Lynn, who used to say mm -hmm. the uh, difference between an amateur and a professional is attention to detail and a sense of routine. No, that is truer words have never been spoken, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm also looking at, you know, what's going on currently, and I'm not trying to get into anybody's politics, but you know, uh, you know, a true journalist is somebody who is, they're not trying to make the story about them. They are trying to get the story. They're trying to get at the truth. They're trying to yeah. get at facts. It is never about them. And so, you know, I'm looking, like I said, in, in the current climate, you know, there's personal attacks against journalists. And what, what many folks don't realize is that, you know, journalists are not trying to make it about them individually. They're trying to get at the truth. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's that's all. You know, any professional journalist, um, someone who has actually gone through and taken classes on ethics and um, you know, uh, um, just just trying to understand the true tenets and values of journalism. It's never about them. It's always about the story. Yeah, and we're seeing that a lot right now. So many attacks on our profession. And yeah. it's, 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 I don't know what, even what to say about it. It's so hurtful. And at the same time, I just wish people would understand basically what you just said. We're not in it for us. We're in it because right. there's things out there that need to come to light. And that's what we're fighting for. We're not picking on anyone. We're trying to find right. the truth. It's frustrating. Yeah, you know, I always, you know, like I said, I, I'm not trying anybody's politics, but, you know, I wish everybody could look at, there's a, there is an interview that Leslie Stahl did um, with, with the current president. Mm -hmm. And um, it's in, all you have to do is put Leslie Stahl, fake news. And I wish everybody could watch that. I wish everyone could watch that. Okay. Okay. And, 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 and if they did, I think they would, you know, they would say, oh, okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me revisit what I'm, what I'm, how I'm feeling about this position with journalists now. Right. So, you know, I, I just wish everybody would do that. Leslie Stahl is one of those journalists. There's several, um, but she really goes for the gut with this, like, sweetest smile on her face. It's the best. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, she's just killing you with kindness. Uh-huh. Uh, but she but you know what's made her successful is is she gets the story. Yeah. You know, and it's not most of the times well actually all it's not it's never about her. It's about the story. Right. You For know? sure. Um yeah. how has my sweet little J school changed in the last couple of decades? Wow, man. So, you know, when you were there, I think we had six or seven professors. Mm 
Yeah, I was there 98 to 2002 because you would you said you are not going to be here longer than four years, Missy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I meant that. And I told your mom that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was just like, you know, we only had five. We had, we had like six, seven people. And so at each, uh, it was uh, it's kind of an analogous to baseball. It was like, okay, we had... We had a couple infielders and a couple outfielders and a couple pitchers. <laughs> now, you know, you go you go in there, you wouldn't even recognize the place. Mm. I mean, um, we have we've tripled the the number of faculty members easily. The the you know the one room that I was talking about earlier, where you went in into that room, that is. Now it's still a studio, but um, we we do more. It's more um, photography based in there. I mean, we built this. We had a guy who built this this whole platform thing, man. It's just like it's it's so cool. It's, it looks like a movie set, you wow. know. And 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 um, I hate to say this, but we've also kind of moved away from from having uh, like a, a daily newscast or, you know, bi-weekly newscast or something like that. Um, we're more in the, into the whole documentary thing. That's really where nice. we're, that's really going. Um, long format storytelling, um, that's really huge for us. I mean, I teach a narrative storytelling class and this was a, this was a year ago. I had a student for for this class go to some part of Mexico where um, the cartels have no jurisdiction. You know, they know not to go up into the mountains to mess with these people because these people are armed and they're like, we're not having it. Um, and he went to Mexico and and he, he was like a former special forces kind of dude, you know, going who left. You know, got out of the military, went to school, you know, to go to school, you know, just to hear this guy's story is crazy. But this dude is so talented as 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 a um, filmmaker. Mm. You know, I, I look at him. There's a young lady. Um, again, everybody that I see now, because you were one of the first when I got there, everybody I can I, I really kind of compare to you. So there's this one young lady. Um, I had her in class, and I told her. I I, I told her uh, one day. I pulled her aside. I was like, you know, you really need to. You really need to be thinking about going to graduate school because mm -hmm. you think at a whole different level. And so she just won an award. She just won a Webby Award for this uh, documentary she did on the on on gay cowboys in in um the gay rodeo in reno wow and 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 she just got accepted into a master's program um i can't remember what school it is now but she just i mean this was literally like a day or two ago she just announced this you know um and so you know there are so many kids now who are doing documentaries and long format storytelling that, you know, that's just, 
different from when you were in school. It was, you know, when you were in school, it was it was news. You know, it was it was short news, hard news. You know, and that that is that has definitely changed. Oh, now. super quick. I mean, I tell my reporters today sound bites for the newscast. I mean, no no longer than fifteen seconds. And yeah, man. If you really think about it, what are you getting from that? And that's honestly right. A decision why I wanted to do this podcast because it's long form, it's unedited. There is no right. way you can put something out there that's I'm not telling you all of the details. Here it is. Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. think that's? I the, mean, we're, do you think that's we, the future? We, gotta, we, we, we we oh no question. I mean, we have we have a podcast class. You know, our kids are taking classes in podcasting. Wow. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely uh, the wave of the future, no question. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about anyone who's been into your office mm -hmm. knows that it's highly decorated. Yes. <laughs> you have, I mean, they're like they're masks, right? I have cultural artifacts from all around the world. Right. I mean, I can see yeah. there's some, like, right behind you. Well, this is at my house. Right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, this is at my house. <laughs> no problem. But, yeah, I mean, that transcends into my house, too. You know. Where, uh, where did this come from? Where, where did this, like, passion to collect these come from? Uh, you know, my so it really comes from my mother. Mm -hmm. My mother uh, was always big on travel. She said, you know, you need to just go out and see the world. And I was telling my kids the other day, uh, matter of fact, we were just talking about this yesterday. The twins were talking about this yesterday. And they said, well, Grammy's been everywhere in the world. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's not few, there's very few places she has not been. So she instilled in me that love of travel. And I'll never forget I was in I was in Brazil. And, uh, and, and, uh, I went to this, I went, I met these young people who are from the States and they said, we're going to go to this restaurant and we go to this restaurant and we put in a drink order. Okay. So I'm sitting there and you know, in the States, man, it's like, if you don't have your drinks in like 10, 15 minutes, you're thinking the service is bad. Right. right. So <clears throat> about 15, 20 minutes later, they come back with the drinks. And then they said, okay, we're going to take your food order. So it was a large group of us. It was like 10 to 15 people. And they're, you know, so they're, they take the order and the guy goes away. And Trish, it seemed like that dude went to ca go catch the fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he drove to the ocean, you know, it, which was a couple hours away. I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, now, you know. I'm like six, I'm like, what, like six, almost six, four. Right. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting here like, okay, is it just me or is anybody else hungry up in here? <laughs> you know, are we going to get served today or what? <laughs> and, and what I learned from, what I learned from that was that eating is an event. Mm. It is time where you are supposed to sit down and have conversations and enjoy each other's company, enjoy each other's time. That was very different from the, from being in the States. Mm -hmm. 
you know, where you're like, I got to get back to work. Yep. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. It's a very different way of life. For sure. So, you know, so that was, you know, that was the, 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 that, it came from that. And then going and seeing, you know, I always wanted to get something that reminded me of where I'd been. Mm. And I asked students to get me something, you know, you know, when we were in, when you were in school, there were kids who came from other countries. And so I would ask them, look, bring me something back from your country that says, this is you, this represents your country. So that's what, you know, a lot of that stuff in my office are my own trips that I have gone on and other people who are from those places and they brought me something back from my office. How many students do you think you have taught? Thousands? Thousands? Uh, yeah. Um, because, and, and, you know, the thing is, um, I'll get asked to come and talk to kids who aren't even in our program. Yeah. So, so for example, each year, um, I go, I, I, I was asked to go and talk to these kids who are academically at risk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meaning they messed up their first semester. And if they don't get their stuff together by the second semester, mm -hmm. they're going to be dismissed from the university. Okay. So I go on to all of these people. And, and what's interesting to me is I can go on campus. I could just be walking across campus. <laughs> well, well, hold on. No, you cannot walk across campus with you, Paul Mitchell. You cannot walk across oh campus God. with you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it is so, it is so crazy. I and, and you, you obviously you know, there are kids who come up to me and go, "Hey, you know, I remember you. I remember talking to you, and and uh, you know, you really influenced me." Blah blah. I was out. This uh, <laughs> this is no exaggeration. This is before the pandemic. I'm in uh, Best Buy. And uh, I'm with my girlfriend and I asked this guy in there, I was like, you know, what goes with this, this TV? I was trying to, you know, put a subwoofer and he's looking at me and he's looking at me. He's kind of looking through me and he goes, you teach at the university, don't you? <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, okay, I, I, you know, most students I remember, I didn't remember this dude. And I was like, how do you know me? He goes, I was one of those kids who was academically at risk. And uh, I said, well, so how are you doing now? He goes, I made the dean's list last semester. Oh, my gosh. And I was sitting there looking at him. I was like, my man. I mean, it was just to, to, to hear that. It was just like, wow, man. Well, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably it's thousands. But let's be real. And I want to paint a picture. You're 6'4". Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You have the most commanding voice out of <laughs> anyone I have ever met. So there's this intimidation level with you. So not only was I slightly scared to death of you, I also <laughs> wanted to make you so proud of me. I wanted to impress you. And so I think that combination, Paul, is so important because we want to look up to our professors. We want them yeah. to be our mentors. And you absolutely were. You and Travis Lynn, my, you know, you two were my mentors. You changed 
my life in those four years. You know, I appreciate you, Trish, but what you and, and what a lot of students don't know is, you know, it's reciprocal because you changed my life, mm. too. You know, just I, like I said, you know, I, when I first met you, the first day I met you, it was like that kid's got it. She's got it. I was immediately impressed. But it's a four year process, right? It's a it's it's a process of you getting better and and taking the lessons that you learned in school and and the lessons that you learn in life and incorporating those to being the professional that you are now. And um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm sitting there watching you from my office and how you handled certain situations. You know, you're just you're 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 sitting literally right outside of my office. And you're helping, you know, all the other people within in, in, in the dean suite because that was in the dean's area. So yeah. you're you with you with everybody, right? Right. It was and, it was butt clenching, scary place to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so you you know you're dealing with people who are coming in across campus. You're dealing with male people. You're dealing with, you know, any kind of situation in circle. Parents, students. You're dealing with all of that, right? So it gives you an opportunity to really hone and test your skills on all different people from different walks of life. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's very uh, true. My mom, I, I remember my mom said to me after she got her doctorate, my mom went to Penn. She, she's Ivy League, okay? She got hers from Penn. Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody came up to her and they said, Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Mitchell. And she said, you know, it's just, it's just Wilma. It's just Wilma. And I looked at her and, and, you know, I understood what she said. So now when people come up to me, Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Mitchell, it's, like, it's just Paul. It's just Paul. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, only for, but for those people who are, I'm Dr. So-and-so, well, I'm Dr. Mitchell too, damn it. So, <laughs> you know, what, what are you saying? But I mean, it's like, you know, when you when you are comfortable with yourself, when you're comfortable in your own skin, mm. you know, that's when you really make the connections with people. That's oh. when you make those connections. That's and now, so you know, you know, you think back on your career, Trish, when when you were first starting out as a cub reporter up there in Oregon, you know, my guess is you still have relationships with those with those people mm -hmm. right and what's crazy is and i and i and i sent you a, I, I remember on facebook i sent you a message i'm like you're not gonna believe this man and so you know i mean a, a good friend of mine's sister was working up there in medford mm -hmm. she was doing she's doing the shakespeare's yeah stuff you, you know you know what i'm talking about i, I won't do. bring her name up okay but it was just like, okay, I know her. I communicate with her. She knows you and her husband. And it was just like, you have got to be kidding me. So yeah. it, it goes full circle. It does. It goes full circle. It does, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. And I, and I just love, you know, even Shelby, Shelby Riley, who now works here at News 10. She's a graduate of mm -hmm. the J School. And we both mm -hmm. get it. When we talk about 
the yeah. J school, we both get it. No one else really does, but we we get it. Yeah. You know, I'm really I'm really proud of Shelby and 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 um you know um Shelby, I don't wanna give away all all of it, but you know, Shelby has has some challenge some has some major challenges. You know, and 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 to see where she was and to see her now, uh-huh. it, it's, 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 you know, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And, and when she told me that she was going up to Oregon and she told me where she was going, I was like, Oh, you definitely got to look up. You got to look up Trish. Yeah. And my thing was, I needed you to mentor this kid. She's the next generation of you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, get her under your wing and 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 help that young lady out. And uh, you know, I'm 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 she sends me stuff, you know, you know, she wants to make me proud. Yeah. You know, we and all I do. am proud. You know, I am proud of her. Like, I'm proud of both of you guys. You know, but you know her circumstances were 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 definitely different than yeah. yours, and um, you know to see her come through that, you know, it's it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, she is sunshine and hard work. That is Shelby Rand. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, yes. do you guys still do freshman forum? Is that what it was? Yes. Called? That still happens. Yes. Yes, it does. That. As a matter of fact. That saved my life. <laughs> Oh man, you know what's crazy, Trish? Is this semester I had, I had a couple young men. Uh, one had a one point five. Whoa. The other had a two point four. But the one who had the one five really was just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, just a hot mess, and that kid is gone from. A 1.5 to at least somewhere between a 3.738. Wow. Okay. In a semester. Yeah. That's awesome. In a semester. Okay. And, you know, it was, you know, he said, he said to me, you know, he sent me, he sent me a note. He said, you know, I, I could not have done this without your help and what you have done for me. And, and the other kid, too. You know, he's he's gone from a two four to he's I think he's got like a three six. And, um, you know, he said this class saved my life. It changed. It changed me in ways that I'm still under, you know, trying to understand. Well, freshman forum, Uh, it's it was a weekly class, I believe, that just got all of the freshmen within J school together in one room. And you taught uh, studying skills uh dorm life what to expect on campus it wasn't necessarily a class about journalism it's how to survive the next four years and not be a complete turd it was about sex yeah drugs alcohol you know uh uh, time management uh you know it was about all of that and what's crazy is i think back because for you when you were there it was like a week yes okay and 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 I think after after you left, there was there was so I you know I, I remember I'll never forget this. I went on the last day of class. I said, okay guys, you know, 
um, today's the last day and, you know, good luck to you. And this young lady stood up. She said, you know, we've talked as a class and we would like to continue this for the semester. Wow. Are you will? Are you willing to do that? And I looked at her like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> oh, and she was and they were dead, you know, and everybody, they're all nodding their heads like, yeah, you know, we would we we need this. And so I developed it into a semester long class. Hmm. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of the kids, you know, the when my title is recruitment and retention. Right. And I've always I've always focused, you know, the recruitment is the easy part. Hmm. The retention, meaning keeping you there mm -hmm. and, you know, on campus and in school. That's the hard part. With you, it was going to be easy because not only was I going to stay on your tail, your mom was going to stay on your tail. And if I wasn't getting what I needed out of you, I could pick up the phone and call mom and go, yo, I need you to holler at your daughter real quick. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, and, and we would, that's what would happen. So true. Now, now it's like, that may happen. There may be parents at home. There may be a split situation. Mm -hmm. There may, you know, there are all kinds of things that when you were in school, you know, it wasn't really that prevalent. So now the, 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 the you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little different in how you reach kids. For sure. And so, um, so the retention piece is, is really kind of, of a tricky thing, you know, well, uh, I know kids who have major support. I know kids who have no support. Right. Well, that yeah. freshman forum was my church. That was my sanctuary. That was my safe place. It really was. And, mm. you know, not to be cheesy, but J school between the faculty and your other students, whether they were in your program or not, it's a family. And so if you are in that building, it's a safe place. And I'm sure it's still the same today. Oh yeah. I mean, I just just this semester, Trish, I had a kid who um, she was a, she was academically at risk coming in. I mean, her skills were not not the greatest. And then she comes in um, and she took that class with me. Um, she got pregnant. She had a baby. And it was like, is this kid going to even graduate? Yeah. Not only has she grad, not only is she going to graduate. She's going to graduate with honors and she's and she and her husband are moving. She just told me she just told me this literally last week at the final because now she's a senior. Mm -hmm. um, they're moving to Colorado to start their life. Awesome. You know, as a as, as a couple and, and as a family. And I'm just like, wow. You know, I mean, it was it was tenuous at best doing, you know, a couple of semesters. Um but she she got she went through and 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 the, to watch this kid's writing develop, I mean this kid is really a talented talented writer. So, you know it happens at different times for different people depending on their circumstances. For sure. Um, and speaking of that building, so much has changed in the last what five weeks with this pandemic. I mean it's just yeah. so unprecedented. Uh, campus shut down. You were saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at first it was, well, um, 
we're going to play it by ear. Then um, the other campus, the other university in Nevada, the one down south, mm-hmm. uh, they said, we're closing up. We're closing the campus. And uh, UNR said, okay, we're done too. Once they, Once the other folks shut down, then we shut down. Then, you know, everybody else shut down. Um, and it was, um, it was a difficult time, you know, uh, um, quick story. So when this happened, we were on spring break and it just so happened that our spring break coincided with the Washoe County K-12 school break. Okay. That, that usually never happens. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, it was like, okay, not only are we scrambling, they're also scrambling. Mm -hmm. Okay. My car died. My car died. I had to go. uh, I I had gone to uh, get my son a basketball hoop to put at his mom's house. And en route to taking the hoop back to his mom's house, my car died. Man. So... I need a new car, <laughs> and uh, I I have uh, I have a Range Rover, and I wanted another Range Rover, mm-hmm. and so I'm um, I'm on Car Gurus. I'm trying to find this vehicle, and so the young lady I told you about at Netflix, I saw this vehicle in Southern California, uh, and this is how much of a family we are. Right. So I call her up. I'm like, "Can you? How far are you from Costa Mesa?" And she says, you know, it's like 45 minutes. I said, well, I was wondering, could you do me a favor? Could you test drive this car? She goes, well, I can't because I got a, I got a, a meeting in San Francisco. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm thinking, okay, who else can I call? I call another student. I was like, dude, how far are you? Dude, how far are you from, from Costa Mesa? He goes, I'm 10 minutes away. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, seriously. I said, can you do me this favor, dude? Can you? I appreciate it if you would go look at this this vehicle. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, he sends me pictures. He sends me all these pictures, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm getting the vehicle. This is right as the pandemic is hitting. Yeah. Okay. I get on a plane to go from Reno to, where was it? Phoenix. And from Phoenix, I was going to go to Orange County. Mm-hmm. I get on the first thing smoking out of Reno, 6 o'clock in the morning, okay? Get up at 4 to be at the airport at 5 to catch a 6 o'clock flight. Flight doesn't take off. Oh, 6 man. o'clock in the morning, uh, we have a problem. It took them an hour to fix it. Only have 45 minutes for my layover in Phoenix. I missed my flight. But as I'm sitting in the airport, first of all, there's only like 30 people on the flight. Right. Okay. This one dude sitting next to me, he's spraying and hosing. (laughs) He's greasing up everything, you know, wiping everything down. You know, he's got the gloves on. And I get to Phoenix. I see a couple walking with masks and gloves on. You know, this was at the beginning of this whole thing. Right. So then, you know. I had to wait three hours now because I had missed my connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so I go to, I get to Orange County, it takes about an hour for the paperwork. I get in the car, I'm, I'm heading back to, um, to Reno, I'm driving up from Southern California, it's rush hour, traffic's bad, major accident, it's raining. And I'm, as I'm driving, I'm going, if it's raining here, then it's snowing Yep. up, up in the mountains. And sure enough, that's what happened. Roads were closed, but because I have a four-wheel drive, I was able, you know, to get back. The reason I say all that is because, you know, I had to get my kids from their mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is real life. Their mom is also a professor. Okay. She had never taught. I'm thinking to myself, she probably hasn't taught online. She's probably not familiar with all of this. Yeah. She's going to need some time. Let me get, I, I need to get back so I can get my kids and I'm going to take them the rest of the week so that she can prep and get ready. Mm. She, and, and, and that's what happened. You know, I had already done some zoom stuff, so I was kind of familiar with the application. You know, as, as readers, as, as, as listeners listen to this, and I said this at our graduation, you know, education doesn't stop when you graduate college. Hmm. Education just is, that's just the beginning. You know, you have to be willing to, to, to really change and adapt. You know, the person who can change and adapt the most, the person who is willing to do that, they're going to be employed for as long as they need to be employed. So true. You know, but if you don't have that skill set, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. So even with this pandemic, you know, you you have to be able to you have to be malleable. You have to be able to change and go with the flow. You know, I it's killing me being inside um, because I miss the interaction with the students. Mm-hmm. But I know that it would also be killing me literally if I went out there, you know, without a mask on, without, you know, without listening to science and listening to people who know what the, listening to experts who know much more than I do about this situation. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you know, those those people get paid big money because they know what they're talking about. Right. So, yeah. You know, so I'm I'm, lis- I'm listening to Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> Same I'm here. Fauci. Yeah, Fauci's my new hero for sure. Um, well, I definitely hope things change for the better in the fall. I know it's been probably a weird, rocky spring semester, um, but I really do hope things change in the fall for all universities because there's nothing, there is nothing like being on a college campus in the fall time. Just there's nothing like it. Yeah. You know, we 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 uh we had a meeting, we had a Zoom meeting yesterday, and and I can say this here because, um, you know, this will be going on a podcast, but um, we had a program that was, um, it was developed several years ago by the provost where you come in a week early, the kids students come in a week early, and they get the they get the, um, they they're taking several classes. Um, they're learning about campus life. It's it's kind of a precursor to what uh, midterm week or mm-hmm. finals week looks like. And so um, 
we had a meeting yesterday. They're 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 going to cancel that. They're going to cancel that program for this year, um, because logistically it would it would have just been it's just too difficult to kind of navigate that. So we've had to scrap that for this year, um, but the hope is that we will still be on campus in some fashion um, starting in the fall. Well, that's good news. I'm definitely going to keep my fingers crossed for that. Uh, yeah. We're going to wrap up a little bit and get to the final three. Okay. Good, sir. Yes, ma'am. Best yes, advice ma you've ever been given. <laughs> Best advice I've ever been given. Let me see. I would, I would say, um, always consider yourself a critical thinker and, you know, the whole thing about education, it's not, doesn't just stop, you know, you're always learning, you're always educating yourself. Um, that's going to help you and those around you. Nice. Yes. Critical thinking, something I definitely learned from you. Um, yes. you've been in Reno for a very long time. If you... If you ever left that place, uh, maybe it's UNR, maybe it's just Reno, what would you miss about it the most? What would bring you back there? Well, um, I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm too close to retirement. Nice. Uh, my kids, my, the twins are here. Yeah. Um, you, you know, this place has so many things to offer. It has, it has, the four seasons it has um the mountains it has the access to the the accessibility to the bay area mm -hmm. uh, the ex the accessibility of the desert if you want to go the other direction um it, it it has so many things that really fit my lifestyle quite honestly it's inconceivable of me leaving mm -hmm. uh, I, I i love this area that much i mean I'm, I'm, I'm planning, um, I'm working on this sports card. I'm rebuilding it in my dream. And I've been dreaming this for the last several years, Trish. And, and this is, I'm not kidding. I'm dreaming of driving my sports car with my girlfriend up to your house so that we can have wine and ch with, uh, I want to see, I want to see Chuck. I want to see handsome Samson <laughs> and we're just going to sit out. Mm -hmm. On your back deck, mm -hmm. and we're going to break bread and have and have wine. That is that is one thing that I want to do. I told my girlfriend that the other day. Okay. Um, so I'm working on this car. I'm trying to get it rebuilt. Um, but yeah, I mean everything that's important to me. I just want to go up the up the Oregon coast. You know, cut over to Medford, hang out. Everything is here. Yeah. I feel you, man. There, yeah. there are a few places in this world that have my heart, and Reno, Nevada, is one of them. Oh yeah, man. Always will. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful place. You know, from as an East Coaster, people are like, "Now, where where you live again?" <laughs> right. I'm in Nevada, and of course they go Las Vegas. I go, no. no, Reno, and they go Reno. Like, what the hell's in Reno? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, you just stay where you are. Yep. <laughs> you know, we don't need that overpopulation mm -mm. <laughs> out here. You just stay where you are. We say the same thing know? in Southern Oregon. Just come visit and then go I home. I hear that. <laughs> <Go> yes. 
<laughs> um, final meal, final drink. What would that look like? Oh my gosh. Steak medium rare. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, potato. Mm -hmm. Probably, probably with some uh, some garlic shrimp. Oh yeah. You know. Um, and for me, I know with the surf and turf, it's like, well, what, what wine do you drink? But I'm probably having a glass of, I'm, I'm definitely having a glass of red because I prefer red, preferably a Merlot. For sure. Uh, but I could, you know, I, with the shrimp, I'd probably have something, you know, have a sip or two of something, something light. Uh, yeah. Okay. That would pro that would probably along with something chocolate at the end of that. Of course, <laughs> of course. Okay. For me now, dark chocolate, Hershey's dark chocolate. That's that's <laughs> my that's that's my that's my dessert. Okay, I'm just letting you know I'm taking notes. So when you come, when you and your girlfriend <laughs> come to Medford, that is the meal that you're getting. Not that it's going to be your final, <laughs> but I'm I'm making that happen. And the the door is always open, Paul Mitchell. Appreciate you. I'm serious. I've been thinking about this for years because I was in Oregon. And, and, and the reason I was in Oregon and there was this Austin Healy club and I meet this guy. I'm at this. I'm not. This is no I'm not. This is how faded. So I'm, 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 I'm at this. I forget where I was. It was this water is this spectacular waterfall. And there's this group of guys. And it ends up that this one guy is from Massachusetts. They have their vehicles flown out. They fly the vehicles out Dang. and drive up down the coast. <laughs> okay. That's another they level. Drive down the Cal, drive back up to Oregon, have the vehicle sent back over. And I'm looking at this guy's car, and it's almost the same exact car that I had. Okay. And I'm thinking, see, I bought this when I was doing my PhD. When I started my PhD, I went on eBay. I found this car, and I'm like, I'm gonna get this car, and and just completely redo it. And so it's been years in the in the in the making of getting this vehicle done. Um, and so yeah, I was like, okay, now what what do I want to do? I want to drive up to Oregon. That's what I want to do. Of course, is drive up to Oregon. What kind of car? So yeah. It's an Austin Healey. It's a 1959 mm. Austin. And I bought it. Uh, the reason I bought it was because I always loved British sports cars, but 1959 is the year I was born. That's so awesome. So so that's why I'm, that's, that's why I'm redoing the car. I love it. Well, I hope to see you soon. We're going to make this happen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And you can watch it at ktvl.com under features, or you can also find me on YouTube. One more time, Paul Mitchell. I just, my heart is literally exploding right now. This is, you have made my, my year. No, my friend, when you asked me to do this, I'm like, you, I'm going, seriously? Really? <laughs> I am so happy and I'm so proud to do this. I love you. I love what you've become. Mm. I love who you are. 
And you're just the best, man. You're the best, you're the too. Best. And I love you back. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my friend. Take care. We'll see you.